if you got a mustache, you're probably going to be called Mustache McGillicuddy. That's A to Z Horror Rule number 1.5. Hello, internets, and welcome to the A to Z Horror Cast. This is the creatively titled podcast brought to you by us over at AtoZHorror.com and by the Phantom Podcast Network. I'm Jack, and sitting to my right is Jake. Jack, I have a question for you. Okay. Do you always try to stop trespassers by hanging yourself? <laughs> Often. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, just checking. Yeah. And sitting next to Jake is someone else who uses birds like juice boxes. It's Mark. <laughs> hey, guys. For those of you unfamiliar with our Cracker Jack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. In doing that, we spoil the shit out of that movie, so fair warning on that one. Um, this one won't matter so much, because I'm sure everybody has seen or knows the plot of this movie. We watch 1977's The Hills Have Eyes. Uh, we'll get into that soon, which will be a ton of fun, but first, we've got to do the getting drunk part. So on that score, let's do Beers for Fears. Mark, what are your beers for these fears? Absolutely. Uh, I'm sticking with the Utah beers. Uh, this one's kind of a special one, actually. Uh, I couldn't find anything that was like murderous hillbilly stout or anything like that. So <laughs> That would have been a good one. There's a brewery in, in southern Utah called Moab Brewery. It's outside Arches National Park, and they have... I, I'm drinking their Black Imperial IPA, but it's importantly, it is from their Desert Select series. So, okay. <laughs> the Desert Select IPA. All right. Well... Close enough. It's 9% Jake, and it's you? a bomber, so I'll see you gentlemen later. <laughs> this is going to be a good one for you. Cheers. Yeah. Uh, Jake, how about you? What are your beers for these fears? I think this is going to be the first week Mark beats me. Ooh. Yeah, well, I can't compete subjective. with that. I beat you uh, every week. Nah, that's objective. You can't compete with false. Desert Select because this happens to be in a desert? <laughs> Jack, no, I come can't. on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I found this to be a hard movie to beer. Uh, I just like I, I wasn't liking anything regarding hillbillies, and ultimately I just gave up. But I gave up in a a good way. Um, I am taking a hike in the Blue Hills, I suppose, nice. today, and sticking with Coors Light. Nice. That's a, that's up. a Jack. I'm living in Give Up America. <laughs> Jack, what about yourself? Well, I've got two beers for it. I think I beat Mark, uh, but I always think that. Yep, and you never do. Um, my first one, they're both uh, Boise breweries here. The first is I got uh, Sockeye Dagger Falls IPA, because this movie has both a bunch of daggers and a bunch of falls. Okay. Uh, <laughs> falling Over is prominently featured in this movie. Oh, it is a Falling Over movie. It fits into that subgenre. Yep. And there's a I'll lot of daggers. The list. Uh, <laughs> hmm. I don't know if there's a single dagger. There are knives. so many daggers. Mm. They're, they stare. I mean, just because they they're made of scrap metal. It's more of a shiv, really. No, it's a dagger. What's, what's your other beer? Let's try this again. My other beer is this one has nothing to do with the name. It has to do with the logo entirely. Oh, Jake, God. Mark, I don't think you'll know the logo off the top of your head. I'm drinking Bonanza by Payette. I which, do know the logo. And. That, I, that works I, pretty well. Yeah, it does. It's it's better than the other and one. It's it's Mark, the winner for you of your and for beers. the viewers at home. This is helpful. So it's a pickaxe logo, and a shovel that are crossing. Yes, like because of prospectors and because they're going to it's, a silver mine in this sure, movie. Sure, it's very it's very uh, western. Yeah. Either way, I think both are better than 
It's in the desert. Meh. <laughs> you guys suck. <laughs> okay. All right, boys, with the release of HRR last week, we didn't get to talk about what else we have going on in the horror world, so let's do that now. Uh, Mark, what else has been rocking your horror world? I got two this week, uh, the first of which is uh, Ouija, The Origin of Evil, which I guess was Ooh, the prequel to okay. whatever, 2014's Ouija movie. Uh, yeah. Surprisingly good. Have either of you guys seen Ouija, the first one, or I guess the, the sequel? Yeah, I've seen Ouija. I yeah. skipped that one. Yeah, what did you think of that movie? Really quick. Fun. Fun. Okay. Like I did yeah, I didn't dislike that movie. Okay. I mean, I certainly wouldn't say it's a quality film, but like it did what it needed to do for a supernatural horror movie. Fair enough. I I didn't think it was particularly good. Uh I mean, like you said it was it was okay. Um Ouija the Origin of Evil, the, the prequel that just came out. Actually pretty I mean, don't don't get me wrong, it's still still not great, but I I enjoyed it. I thought it was I thought it was very good. There's uh if you're skeezed out at all by like dislocating jaws or something, there's going to be a lot in this movie. <laughs> 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 there's some kind of stupid tropes. I mean, honestly, this is a minor spoiler, I guess, but like one of the most insidious things that the possessed child does is whisper in people's ears. So like from a theoretical standpoint, from a conceptual standpoint, I guess that's kind of creepy, but on film, it's just a girl whispering into people's ears, so it's like, if you think about it for more than a second, you're just like, that's not scary. <laughs> the film has its moments. Uh, I, I think I'd give it a recommend. Okay. Pretty solid. All right. Now, how did you watch it? Uh, I got it you know, on the Blu-ray in the mail from Netflix. I don't Jesus. think... I, I'm sure you can rent it on Amazon and stuff, but... I'm still doing. You the, might be the last person I know that still gets physical things from Netflix. Dude, Absolutely. it's it's pretty goddamn useful. Not only do you get Blu-rays, which are high quality, but you know, <laughs> you get a much better selection of movies than what is available online. Yeah, I don't have a Blu-ray player, so that first one wouldn't help me. Okay, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> so there you go. It's it's a solid recommend. Uh, I do like the aesthetic. It's set in like the late '60s or early '70s or something like that. Yeah, I think they do that pretty well. Yeah, that seemed yeah. like the most novel thing it had going for it, for sure. Which is kind of just The Conjuring. I was going to say, does it? that was my follow-up. It, it, feel like it doesn't feel anyway? like The Conjuring. It feels brighter than The Conjuring. Okay. You know what I mean? The Conjuring felt very yeah. bleak to me. You liked it better than Ouija, it sounds like. Yes. But wow. I didn't... I okay. mean, I would have given Ouija the first one, like, maybe a five. This one probably gets, like, a six. I haven't rated Whoa. it yet. Whoa. A five? Okay. Okay, I'm, I might be on board with you for the five. For five means we're not average, here to review dude. that this week. So, you got anything else, Mark? Anything else been rocking your horror? World? I have another big one. This was a, a uh -oh. fifteen-hour, sixteen-hour feat in the making. Uh, I I played through The Evil Within, uh, which oh, is okay. a survival horror video game. I did it on Steam. Um, you can get it on basically any platform you want. I've though. heard nothing about this game. It was it's the spiritual successor to Silent Hill series, I think. Uh, the, I, the name is escaping me right now, but the guy who produced like it, it's it's in the same vein as like Resident Evil, which also just came out the new one, um, and the Silent Hill series. So it's like tank controls, uh, zombies that aren't zombies, and it's like a 
a convoluted plot type of situation, and you're just running around shooting zombies in various locations. Uh, okay. I'm kind of I'm kind of selling that wrong because if you're thinking about like Nazi zombies and COD, that's that's not that's not it. It's it's much more in the vein of Resident Evil uh, Resident Evil Four, yeah, where he's like trouncing around the Spanish countryside trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Sure. So so the plot of the game is that you're this uh, cop named Sebastian Castellanos or something like that, um, and they go to a mental hospital, as, as all good horror games start with, and uh, shit gets real. <laughs> uh, and you basically, like, go on this world-bending adventure where, like, literally the transition between levels is you'll be falling down, like, an elevator shaft, and then all of a sudden the directions of of the world will change and you'll be fl- and you'll be like running down a hallway so like down becomes oh, forward type shit so the I level like transitions that. are interesting uh and it does tie into like the overall narrative how they're able to do that but the problem with that is you don't really have a sense of place at all ever in the game it's just kind of like you're just sort of moving through the level and then the level ends and now you're in a completely different place which i had a problem sure. with uh i just think uh, overall i it was an okay experience. I, I don't think this is really my genre. I'm not a huge fan of the survival horror where... Are you doing okay over there, Jake? I think I'm not too much of a fan of the, of the genre of survival horror where you're more inclined to do stealth or just not directly engage your opponents because of scarcity of ammo or other stuff. I... The main problem I have is that the dude you're playing just does not have a sense of urgency in his movements at all. He can jog briskly for, like, four seconds, and if you hit the bottom of your stamina bar, he, like, collapses in a, in a pit of, <laughs> of despair on the floor, gasping for air. And he's a goddamn cop, and he can't run for more than four seconds. Uh well, to be fair, the current shape I'm in, that's about me, too. Something's chasing him, and he'll, like... There are two ways for you to open a door in this game. You can either kick the thing open, which is the fast way, or you can take, like, literally five seconds to, like, turn it and quietly open it, and those are the only two ways he can open a door. <laughs> uh, if you're trying to climb a ledge that's more than, like, two feet high, good fucking luck. <laughs> it's, it's that type of shit in this game that kind of takes you out. Uh, and then just beyond that, the narrative... I don't think there's enough story there to sustain a 15-hour experience. You get all of the... All of the story you get in like the last three chapters with most of it just happening at the very, very end. So that means that okay. the first 10 chapters of the game, or I guess after like the prologue, uh, has like nothing in it. It's just him wandering around looking for people. <laughs> so if you're a fan of the genre, if you liked Resident Evil 4 uh, or any of the Silent Hill series, that sort of stuff, there's going to be a lot here that's similar that you're going to like. The design is interesting. It does have like the classic... Uh, pyramid head, triangle head, whatever his name was from Silent Hill. He's reincarnated as a dude with a safe on his head carrying a giant mallet. Okay, so it's like the same company and stuff. I don't know if it's the same company, but it's it's a lot of the same people. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so if you like that genre, give it a go. It's, it's solid. I, I think the reviews when it first came out, if you filter out the ones that were just like it took that took issues with how shitty it ran when it started, which is kind of a par for the course anymore. If you look at the ones that just rated it on story and gameplay, it got like sixes and sevens in the video game world. I, sixes is probably a little brutal. Sevens and whatever in the video game world, which means actually not that great. I think overall I'd give it probably like a four. Okay. 
All right. But again, not my genre, so upwardly adjust that if you like survival horror. Fair enough. Jake, how about you? What's been rocking your horror world? Significantly less on the video game front, I can tell you that much. Um, I have one movie and one show, sort of. I'll start with the show, because it was a direct recommend from Mark, I think, last episode. He recommended I check out a particular episode of Black Mirror <laughs> called Playtest. Yeah. And I did yeah. watch that. I did enjoy it. Um, it is very horror. It's actually related to video games, so I'm sensing a theme with this fucking kid. But I... Uh, I have a follow-up question, and that was, why did you recommend it to me in particular? Arachnophobia, basically. That's right. I had forgotten about that. That was a week ago. Um, yeah, I didn't <laughs> like that memory. part at all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just try to fucking bury that away, put it deep. Um, I, I did think it was very well put together. Um, if that's, I haven't seen any of the rest of the show, um, but I'm guessing that it follows suit, just in terms of production value, etc. Um, yeah. I will say it was really pretty sad. The whole thing was kind of a dark, sad story uh, that I was kind of surprised by. I expected it to be a little bit more lighthearted, I guess. Nope. Um, but the it pro, leaves you, it leaves you a little hollow. Yeah, you're uh, every and every man. single episode does. If you're watching all of Black Mirror, you come out a hollow and depressed person. <laughs> wow. So ah, there's some that are that are less than that. Nope. Yes, there are. I disagree. Jake, continue. <laughs> <laughs> I I was just going to say that would be my main con. Uh, but the pro is that it, like I said, it, the production value is high. And I thought the acting was good. The pacing was good for a show. I mean, it's basically like an hour long. You can get through it really quickly, but it still feels like it's done its job and, and doesn't feel quite like a short would in a sense that nothing is developed. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was a quick jump in. I guess I understand why you recommended it. Fuck you, because of the spider thing. But yeah, <laughs> I would recommend that to other people. I'll probably check out a few others. So if I were uh, to recommend another one to you that is horror adjacent, uh, the rest of them haven't really been except for there's one episode called White Bear or Black Bear or something like that. It's in season two, I think. And it's more of like a slasher-ish kind of purge type episode. That's the other one I'd say you might want to give a watch. Got it. Uh, the other thing that I have for this week is a movie. Uh, this is the bigger one of the two. Uh, I watched a movie. It's a newer release. It's an exclusive right now on Shudder uh, that's called We Go On. And okay. the conceit of this movie is there is a guy, and he has a severe phobia. Well, he's really he has many severe phobias, but it all kind of rolls into an overall fear of dying. So he's basically afraid of everything. Like he, He's never, he's like 30-some-odd years old. Uh, he's never been able to drive a car. He freaks the fuck out when he has to get in a car, like doesn't like leaving the house. Really. He's basically just like, a hasn't reached his potential video editor for like infomercials. Um, <laughs> just kind of like a sad sack. He lives with his mom, that whole deal. Uh, but basically he, he's fed up with living his life in fear. And he sends out this call through like the fucking classifieds that he'll give some amount of money to anyone who can prove the existence of some sort of life after death to him. And he gets like, you know, hundreds of responses and he's sifting through them. And most of them are like jokes or just like crock of shit lunatic. Uh, he gets a few and it basically follows him as he goes on this journey to like, see if anyone is telling the truth of the ones that he had 
like narrowed it down to. Um, it's a pretty good movie. Uh, I, I wouldn't like say it's going to be the best movie I see all year, but I did think it was interesting. Uh, it's an interesting enough concept. And I thought that, you know, the overall kind of idea of, you know, trying to prove that life after death type thing was done sure. in a way that I haven't really seen uh, before. So I will give it props for okay. that. Nice. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yourself? I like that. Well, I've got, uh, I've sort of got a movie thing. I am going to see Get Out later today. This is the third set of tickets I've purchased to this movie. I tried to go on Tuesday, bought tickets for myself and my lovely wife, had to work, did the same thing on Wednesday, couldn't get out of work in time for the 7 o'clock showing, so this is now, I've now spent, I've dropped like 60 fucking dollars for tickets to this goddamn movie, so hopefully I'll get to go later today. Jack? Yeah, buddy. Why? What do you mean? Why would you have done this in this fashion? Well, I wanted to see it, so I bought them online. Because, like, can, I don't know. It's you know not when you get off work at this point. I know, but you know when you get off work and you're tired and you come home and sit on the couch and then you like you don't do anything. Yes, that's like right. every day. I was trying, I was trying to prevent that from happening, and I was like, well, if I have these tickets, then I'll have to go there, and that'll motivate me to get off the couch. But then instead, I just couldn't even get home to the couch. So go effectively, on. all you did was cost yourself sixty dollars. And still achieve the same goal of sitting on your couch. Yes, uh, but <laughs> not cost sixty because I also pre-bought tickets to the like three forty-five showing this afternoon. So I'll be uh, I'll be hitting that up this afternoon, hopefully. Yeah, this this podcast is gonna go that long. Just so you know, this is gonna be a <laughs> six-hour long one. Absolutely. Sorry in yeah. advance, well, listener. I'm happy to give my money to to Peel. I hear good things about this movie. It's supposed to be some kind of masterpiece or something. I hear it's very yeah. good. I also, did you guys see the thing that he said in an interview that he has like a quadrology planned? Quadrilogy? Wow. Four of them? Yeah, quadrilogies. So <laughs> he, he has three more He has three more movies that he's planning on making, uh, not necessarily related to this one, but just on the same concept of quote-unquote social demons. Well, Got look, it. given given his success with this movie, which I haven't seen yet, but just I'm happy to yeah, have him in the genre and like making shit in the genre and continuing to do that. So that's Let's cool. pump the brakes a bit. Yeah, yeah. We'll see well, what you, we'll see what you, you think. Know. I'm I'm gonna watch it. Uh, I don't know if I'm gonna catch it in theaters just based on my own laziness. You're supposed to. The he way said things so. Are. Yeah. So <laughs> fuck that. Um, <laughs> if you come right out and say that, like I'm definitely gonna think you're a dickhead. So like, <laughs> let people see the movie how they want to see it and stop stop being such a dickhead. Peel. And and in in fairness to Jordan, uh, among the three of us, on average, we've purchased two tickets to his movie. Yeah, that's true. I've got us all covered. Thanks, you guys Jack. can do whatever you want. Yeah. I paid him. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that's the movie news I have going on. A movie I haven't you. seen yet. I'm proud of so you, So that's bud. good. Yeah. Um, Tune in next I've got, uh, I read a, a horror short story this week. Jake, you, uh, I think, bought H.P. Lovecraft Compendium? Com- compendium? Compendulum. Yeah. Compendulum. A I compendulum. did. I did. Uh, <laughs> and uh, you asked me to recommend, like, kind of the good jumping off point for you. Right. And, and I did, and that got me all excited about many of the stuff I was recommending to you. So I went back through and I reread The Dumbwich Horror, because yeah. that's just such a great story. And then I also got told that it's not Dunwich. Um, that it's like, cause, because his town was based on the British town of Dunwich, or Dunwich, mm-hmm. like Greenwich, it should be Dunwich Horror. But it's a fake town in America, so I'm going to continue saying Dunwich. Yep, yeah, um, that's fine. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's just 
basically the same issue you'd run into in trying to pronounce any New England town name, particularly yeah. in Massachusetts. So yeah, this this one just happens to be a fake town. So yeah, well, um, at least he... but that's still great. Um, yeah. I have discovered this uh, new author, H. P. Lovecraft. Um, he's you know pretty unknown. Yeah, real up and comer. Um, yeah, check him out. Check him out. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's not news. I've I've read H. P. Lovecraft before a lot. Uh, then the other thing I've got is um, I've been listening. There's only seven episodes now, so I blasted all the way through all seven episodes of a podcast that's actually just this last weekend put out its first episode on the Phantom Podcast Network along with us, and I'm super stoked they're a part of it because it's a really cool podcast. It's Death, Dying, and Other Things. Yeah, I listened to the first one that uh, they or at least he. he. I don't know it's how many opera- yeah operators they have uh, this week, so welcome to the Phantom Podcast Network, sir. Uh, I really liked what we had going on. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, I know on earlier episodes of the podcast, I've talked about, um, like, the No Sleep podcast. Yeah. And this is everything that's awesome about the No Sleep podcast without any of the shit that sucks about it. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's everything I wanted that to be. Right. So it's really good. Really cool. Good storytelling podcast. So I've been digging the hell out of that, and I'm kind of sad it only comes out once a month, but I understand why, because it's oh, well, well y- produced, unlike this yeah. shit. Yeah, original fiction, too. It's, it's harder. Takes time. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So that's what I've got. Cool. Yeah. Feature presentation time. Over at AtoZHorror.com this week, we watched 1977s. Correct. You did it. The Hills Have Eyes. I did that just like 10 minutes ago, but whatever. Yeah, well, <laughs> couldn't remember. Good work. Hard. It's a hard movie to review. <laughs> and before we get into the meat of that thing, let's do our famous sub-segment. What in the fuck subgenre of horror does this thing fit into? No. Um, no? Let's not do that. Let's just not. Okay, so, well, let's do it momentarily. How about that? We're okay. into the next batch of review selections we've made, and the way we approached this one, listener, if you didn't quite catch that uh, at the end of last episode, which I wouldn't blame you because I was like an hour and a half in to that fucking thing. But we again, basically, I mean, the podcast is serialized. You really, you're going to yeah, be pretty lost. You will. Yeah, well, uh, we, what we did was we basically went around the horn where Jack picked this movie and the way he had to pick this movie for us to review was either Mark or I picked a subgenre and then the other one picked a decade and he had to, based on those two things, pick a movie that fit into that requirements oh, so jack yeah i kind of forgot about yeah i was yeah. hoping we could kind of skate right through we're not part. skating through shit man what we did yes. with this one was pick a movie from the <laughs> 70s so check and the subgenre that we selected for you was uh-huh. sci-fi yeah I, i'd like to focus on the 70s part because i think i really nailed i would that like right to not head. focus on that i'd like to focus on the other one please um yeah i got sci-fi um i didn't do a good job with that <laughs> Yeah, this no. is more like troglodyte five. I this is the opposite of psi. And I don't even have a particularly good justification for shoehorning this one in. Mostly Shocking. I Yeah. You say Mostly that I, you say that with surprise in your voice and I, I wouldn't. Well, I don't even have a method to attempt this week. Um, oftentimes I do. Can you try to step back into your mind a week ago and yeah, what happened was I pull a curtain back. Wanted to watch this movie, number one. 
That, I think that's where it begins and ends, huh? Beginning, middle, Number and two, end. Number okay. two, I was having trouble thinking of another sci-fi movie from the 70s that wasn't Alien, because we already did Alien, off the top of my head, and I didn't feel like Googling it at that moment. I Googled the next few, but I didn't feel like Googling that exact one. So, um, Moot point. I uh, kind of thought and thought and thought, and I remember this one has, like, nuclear blasts and such, so... It does not. Or, I mean, they're referenced. It has nuclear fallout referenced, so... I. That was kind of sci-fi-y, and I went with it. Mutants. Yeah. Mutants from radiation. That's sci-fi. So it's a running Look, theme I... on this podcast that neither <laughs> of you fucking know what sci-fi is. That's. I think the record well, will show false. that that's not true. And and, and I, I'm not trying to claim this as a sci-fi movie. I will not pick it as one of the subgenres that this fits the fuck into, despite oh, choosing sure? it as my sci-fi movie. Okay. <laughs> um... Can we stop talking about my failures and move on to what in the fuck subgenre this fits into? Yes. Uh, Let's do it. Okay. I'm sure, Jake, Jake, in fairness, I'm sure his failures will come back up. We can always circle back. (laughs) Good. And and I would just like to emphasize how much I nailed the 70s thing. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, nailing it, I feel like, would have been 75, because that would have been right in the middle of the decade. You're airing (laughs) on the side of, you know... You're getting close to the to the limit, to the spec limit. <laughs> all right, all right, Mark, give us a subgenre for that this thing does fit the fuck into. Okay, uh, I'll I'll take the layup. It's a classic. Uh, this thing survived for forty years now, and yep. I'm Had not sure remake. there's a reason for that, but uh, it is sort of just denotatively a classic. Then I think this is going to be a spicy one because I think this absolutely is a classic and deserves its place as such. I mean, it's a classic. I suggested it as being a classic, so we're in agreement on that one. But let's get to Jake. Jake, <laughs> right. what's yours? Uh, it's kind of tough. It's kind of tough. Um, I don't love really anything else. Like, what does this really fit into, right? Yeah. I don't know. Like, it's not really a splatter film, but I think for the time it probably could have been considered such. I mean, it was definitely an exploitation well, film, right? It, it would have been a uh, inarguably a splatter film if they hadn't had to cut it to get it down to an R rating. I know. Yeah, it, exactly. It was originally and rated X. This is a category that we don't keep on our list. It's an exploitation film. And what Wes Craven did was he tried to just make something that was as shocking as possible and he, he then had to proceed to kind of rape that down to dilute it into something that was acceptable by an r standard right did you just say rape that down yeah, yeah that's that a was weird a weird choice of that. words yeah because <laughs> rape would ratchet it up he anti-raped it wow all right yeah <laughs> let's just move right past that so yeah i i agree with you jake it is kind of hard to cram it down to too many categories but i think there's a few that are worth discussing that i don't think it fits into but i think are worth a discussion um and one of those is home invasion and that's that's a little bit tricky because obviously they're not at home but it has many of the elements of the villains on the outskirts like looking in at them from the dark or the shadows and kind of just fucking with them from a distance for a little while getting Mm -hmm. closer and closer and cutting them off from resources as time goes on so i think it has some of those aspects of a home invasion. Obviously, it's missing the home part, but um, I, I think that's worth discussing. They have least. a mobile home. That kind of yeah. counts. And that gets invaded. Yeah. It certainly does. I No, I think that's a fair... 
that is a fair subgenre to fit it the fuck into, Jack. All I right, mean, good. The, I, I don't wholly disagree, don't, but the one thing about yeah. Home Invasion is I feel like there needs to be an aspect of, of siege that happens, and they don't... Like, the, as soon as the home invasion happens, they just straight up invade the home. They're just inside the home, and everyone else is outside of the home. So it's... They're not... I, I it's know, not really but a home, invasion. the home is more the, the camp, right? Because yeah. the son and daughter do go Kevin McAllister on it. They This is my home, and I need to defend it. And they set up some booby traps. Okay, that that's fair. There are booby I traps. I think from an executional standpoint and pacing standpoint, really, it, it doesn't fit, but it still maintains the general idea in enough of a way for it to be an interesting discussion, which is what we just had. So, good job, Yay. Jack. Mark, yeah. give us another one. Again, our scientifically perfect list of subcategories doesn't quite address this one. Uh, I do... I think there is a sub-subgenre of slasher that needs to be dedicated to hillbillies. So this is a hillbilly slasher. You got your hatchet, you got your wrong turn, you got your wolf creek to a certain extent. I mean, there's there's a genre there that is, I would argue, a slasher, and this is this falls into it. There's a body count. It's, it's just that it's being, you know, there's multiple yeah. slashers instead of just one masked guy. Slasher was on the list of other ones I wanted to talk about that I don't think it really fits into, but are interesting. Because they do get picked off one by one. There's innocent young women. There's some of the slasher stuff. Yeah, I mean, it... It it does There's fit literal in literal slashing. Yeah, there is literal slashing. It does fit in in certain ways, With but daggers. I definitely wouldn't call this a slasher. I think what those hillbilly aspects that you're kind of fitting this into, Mark, they're almost like wrong turn movies, and not in the sense of like the title of the movie Wrong Turn. But the movie where you go somewhere you shouldn't, and as a result, you're fucked with by the people who inhabit said place. That's where you kind of get into like your deliverances as well, which is one of the movies Good I think call. is like closer to this than perhaps any other. Um, yeah. In in a certain way, this obviously is a little bit more on the nose than something like that, um, just in its exploitativeness. Sure. But yeah, I, I hear you. It's it's not a subgenre, but it's it's something that deserves to be mentioned. Can we add yeah. it as a subgenre? I like that. As no, a sub-genre. Mark, you apparently just add whatever the fuck you want to this list because I'm seeing some stuff on here that was not there last week, and I do not agree with it. Yeah, I've never. The only heard thing of I've it. added was cult, and I've been arguing for cult to be on here for a long time. As far Mark, as like you again, did not Mark, agree. You added cult spelled with an O. I got rid of that. <laughs> that was a joke. You guys found it. We all thought it was funny, and then I got rid of it. You but, also added no. doll and dolls. <laughs> <laughs> Well, oh shit! There is already doll. Uh, you know, so, you gotta you gotta cover your bases. If there's more than one doll, that's a totally different. Right, movie. like Dead Silence. Yeah. Versus Chucky. Yeah. Uh, totally different cat. subgenres, right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, Jake. You got anything else? No. Okay, I got one more that I again don't think it fits into, but I think it's interesting to talk about how it adopts some of the things thereof. Okay. Uh, Monster. Because the villains in this are revealed uh, very similar to the way a monster in a movie is revealed. You catch little bits and pieces of them, silhouettes, dark shadows. You don't see their true grotesque forms until a good chunk of the way into this movie. And that's, that's really the only part that it has going like that. It's just I think the, the pacing of the reveal of the villains was kind of um, monster-esque. Um, who is the first villain you actually see in full? Is it? I think, I think it's Pluto. Who's the sun? The, the, the one who's, like, on the poster, the, the iconic-looking one? Uh, is that, I d- I, that is Pluto. I don't think it's him. I think it's the hairy guy with the weird teeth. Okay. Okay, I was Mars. Gonna, uh, 
I don't know what any of their goddamn names are. Yeah, that's impossible, yeah. Jack. That's literally <laughs> he's Mars. impossible. He's, he's Mars. Uranus. Well, the first one you see is Ruby, but she's not deformed nor evil. Yeah, she's evil, pretty so. much... Longer, well, yeah, that's a good point. Like, at least compared to the others, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I, I don't know. I thought it was Jupiter. I thought it was when he, like, burst into the fucking gas station. But in any in any case, it is somewhat of a time-sensitive reveal. Uh, it, it's a process. So, I hear you. Again, not a subgenre, but... Worth talking I mean, that about. is a subgenre. The weird, well, it is not a subgenre of this movie. Okay, um, yeah. that's the weird thing. Like, how many did we identify that were like, yeah, that fits into this? This movie just doesn't really One. go full bore into <laughs> anything. No, like, no, it's its own I, thing. Which I would like to point out is an indictment of the movie and not our list, which is scientifically perfect, objectively yes. perfect. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Much like David S. Pumpkins, it's its own thing. Yeah, and also, before, just for the record, it is Jupiter. Looking back at my notes, Jupiter's the first one on screen. Okay, great. Um, before we get any further, I think we need to get into a, a quick little rundown of what this movie is. Uh-oh. Jack, this is a you pick. All right. Someone got 30 seconds on the clock? Always. Always have 30 seconds on the clock. So the clock's going right. to start when you start. Give us your spoiler-laden 30-second rundown. Yeah, if you haven't seen this yet, listener, we're going to spoil the living shit out of this, so stop. A family is on their way to a vacation in Los Angeles. Uh, on the way, they want to stop somewhere, it seems like in Nevada, at an old silver mine that I think they used to own, or, or that has some relation to them, because the the <laughs> elder couple is... Mark, you son of a bitch, you're fucking me up! The elder couple is their anniversary, so they stop at this gas station, um, and the guy's like, everything's fucked up here, there used to be military testing and nuclear testing, and then they run into hillbillies in the woods who kill them all after their car breaks down. So time, yeah, yeah. Wow, Mark. Despite you fucking me up, I think I nailed it. How do those weeds feel, Jack? <laughs> Who owns the silver mine? I, I. Well, that's an important part of it. Because <laughs> I don't know. It absolutely is not it's part. A, it's the whole reason they're there. I don't. I don't so? think it matters. I, I don't spent most of the of movie it. thinking about it. That's a weird thing to think about. I didn't go back to figure out who actually does own it, but I did spend most of the movie thinking about it. I spent most of the movie thinking about how much I hated every character in this movie. Especially D. Wallace. Holy goddamn shit, Lynn. <laughs> Shut up. Stop yelling at everything. Holy shit. Um, That's aggressive. Yeah. Well, plus, I don't nice. hate the old prospector who owns the gas station. Fred. Or Bob. Is his name Fred? Something like that. One of those, one of those names. Fred or Bob. Something like that. I thought I hated... Paul, I think the the mustachioed son-in-law. Oh yeah, but I think I like him. So I think, I think it's just the mustache and the short shorts that were throwing me off. He, I'll tell you who I hate: Johnny Backflip. That's who I hate. Oh my god, I hate that kid so much. Why the fuck is you're just doing a backflip out in the desert? Because why? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Because getting... your car just broke an axle. Cool. Yeah, better better go do some back handsprings. <laughs> fucking dweeb. Jesus Christ. Yeah, he I... is a fucking dweeb. I think as far as characters that at the end of the movie I was okay with, Doug was the only one. Is it Doug? Is it was Doug, either Doug or Paul? It was Doug. It's Doug. And okay. dude, the issue, dude, I completely dude, agree dude, with you. Dude. And that's because like in the first scene, he I have a note specifically here asking if there is more of a pedophile in existence than Doug. No. Just based on his first dress. Like 
Uh, maybe. You remember mm. some time ago, before the podcast, we used a for one and for ten gag about a commercial that I found from the 80s involving waterbeds. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. And that waterbed salesman might be the only more pedophile. Mm-hmm. But it's a short that's list. That's fair. That's fair. It's And it's not a list you want to be on. I'll tell you that much. No. <laughs> but Fred, in his first outfit, is on the list. It's wait, a very specific list. You, you said it, you, wait, you just said it wasn't Fred. Doug, it's in his Doug, first outfit, Doug. is on that list. It's right, I sang the Doug list. theme song. Yeah, it was a whole thing. <laughs> oh, that's what you were singing. You were just making sounds. I couldn't tell what yeah. it was. I was singing the Doug theme song. Do, 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 that's exactly what I did. Nah, the record will show you were just <laughs> sort of making sounds. Oh, we're not recording any of this. <laughs> you're not You're not recording? You should start recording no. right now. <laughs> That is not how you make um, a podcast. Because, but his character, like, every time I see him, I just want to hate him so much. But everything he does is reasonable and kind of badass. He's not bad. I'm going to yeah. give him a firm stamp of he's okay at the end and of the movie. <laughs> and there is a decent amount of this movie where literally his only motivation is just to get laid, which is totally understandable. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, but the backflipping shit fuck is knocking on windows all over the place when all you're trying to do is slam it in the back seat of a sedan yeah what fuck the hell fred, was his man. name oh god i don't know fred fred oh. no fred is the gas station guy oh yeah, that's right god what is his name dingus? i, I straight i i just don't know <laughs> bobby i think yeah. it's dingus i like johnny backflip personally i think, johnny I think it's backflip. johnny backflip too johnny backflip yeah <laughs> So, what did you guys think of the gas station scene? His name's okay. Bobby. Bobby. Fuck yeah, that's Bobby. Right. Do and we his need stupid to... Ohio State shirt? Johnny backflip. Do we? Which was green, by the way. That threw me off quite a that bit. That was another note that I made. Why is kids OSU shirt green? That came right before. <laughs> is there more of a pedophile on Earth than Doug? Yeah. Okay. So, if you're talking about a green Ohio University, you're talking about Miami of Ohio. No, you're talking about Ohio University, the Bobcats. Miami of Ohio is red, and they're the Red Hawks. Motherfucker. Okay, fine. Ohio <laughs> University. It just seems like it's yeah. This seems is like the a Ohio miss. State, and the only green is the leaves on the Buckeye, which isn't even in like that's not even part of their logo. Yeah, that was a gray. That was a gray ringer with green lettering. Look, I, I think that Jake. When we were at CU, what? the fucking school store there sold a CU sweatshirt in sure. literally there, every color. There is exists. a there is a long record of colleges selling things in any color that will sell by off brands. So yeah, this is just his fruit of the loom fucking whatever that he got at the bookstore. <laughs> fruit of the loom sponsors some football team somewhere. That'd be the best. Holy shit, I'd love that. The Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> brought to you by the fruit of the loom and Sears. <laughs> Nice. Sears. Yeah. Christ. I, I really like the way this movie opens. With, Do you? Yeah, Ruby hiding out in the gas station. I don't station know if I can say I really like any aspect of this movie. I, wow, I really like this movie. It's getting okay. spicy. Okay. Getting spicy. I told you it would. I told you it would. Do we need to add, do we need to add gas station to the list of subgenres? Probably. No. I think that fits You'll under You'll probably toss it house. in three times, yeah. though. Well, gas you know, station, gas stations, gas station, gas, station, yeah. gas space, and a station, station where you can get gas. <laughs> gas is station. There's also a petrol station if you're overseas. Yep. <laughs> petrol is important, Jesus. man. Yeah. So this didn't work for you guys, huh? 
I thought it was fine. I, I did I've never like this movie. Man. Which gets into, actually, okay, we've called this a classic. Mark, you yeah. said it yourself. Yeah. He's chugging his bomber, so I don't know how quickly he'll be able to respond. Woo! <laughs> Party time. We called it a classic. I, I think it's probably safe to assume that we've all seen this prior to this review. How yeah. many times have you guys seen I it? I have never seen this version. I've you only seen the, the version. 2006 version. You see the 2006 one? Yeah. Well, compared to the 2006 one, this is fucking Shakespeare. Mm. <laughs> okay. Okay. I see where you're coming from, and I hate it, and I disagree with it completely. <laughs> is that true? You like the 2006 one better than this version? Yes. Unpopular no, two- opinion. No, probably, you son yes. of a bitch. 2006 version staggering. does nothing to capture what exploitation film actually is. Like, Granted, it can't really do that because this came out when exploitation films were a thing, and I think that it capitalized on that. Well, I don't think it clearly capitalized on that. 2006 is paying homage to what this was able to accomplish in that vein, but it was just fucking bad. You can't fake that sort of thing. It has to be natural. Yeah, the 2006 one is just such a generic people are in the background fucking with you movie. This one has so much going on. I like generic people in the background fucking with you movies. Okay. What is is your definition of exploitation then? What does this movie do Well, exploitation is a broad category, and that's just like... Right, explain what you... Explain how this fits into that broad category. Shock value in terms of violence and, like, rape and people who are fucked up. Okay. It. I mean, it tried to capitalize on a lot of ways. It tried to capitalize on it just with, like, both implied and shown violence through some of the gory nature of it. Uh, the low-budget quality, like you'd see in a grindhouse kind of midnight movie sort of format. Um, and then, like, the more sinister elements, like rape and things like that all of those fit into what an exploitation film is and craven included all of it because he wanted to make an exploitation film yeah absolutely so so i would say that except for the low budget thing the 2006 version does every single one of those better but that's also because it's benefiting from i can't do math 30 30 years years of Of, a di- of, of the evolution of what is shocking. So if you're going to put the two side by side, the 2006 version is way more shocking, way more violent, way more exploitative. If I remember the correctly, in the, the 2006, 2006 version, version, one of the hillbillies suckles from the teat of the, of the, the nursing mother, which is... The 2006 version, none of the violence feels shocking. None of it feels... The, what happens in this movie feels brutal. I think that's because... I disagree with that. The 2006 version feels pretty brutal. There's a lot of... of, It feels like a video game. That doesn't change change anything. Video games can feel visceral and brutal. I think the difference is the 2006 version, to me, fits into more of, like, what... 2006 is still modern enough for me to lump it in with, like, this is what I expect nowadays. And this is a tough thing to do. You probably shouldn't do it when you're reviewing movies, but you kind of yes. have to when you're talking about exploitation films. Because that is firmly rooted in what the expectations and appetite of moviegoers were at the time. And at that particular time, this was fucking nuts. And this is Craven, like, drawing from all the crazy shit that was coming out and stuff like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which I think he said was, like, a direct influence and yes. this was in homage to that. Like, you can't recreate that. And mark your point, like, yeah, some of that stuff is going to feel more graphic and more real because the expectations have changed. And 
it's kind of an apples to oranges comparison. Like this is not more shocking than that, but for the time, yeah, it depends crazy. on it depends on how you want to assess it, right? Your framing you stack, is very important. Yeah, if you stack The Hills Have Eyes, nineteen seventy seven, versus all the other movies that came out in seventy seven, mm-hmm. or in that decade at least, it's going to be at the top three of the list in most insane brutal. If you put uh, the Hills Have Eyes 2006 next to all the other shit that came out in the 2000s where torture porn became a genre. Hostel came out in 2005. It's gonna... I mean, it pales in comparison to Hostel. Hostel's goddamn horrifying uh, from a right. gore and torture perspective. Uh, but if you stack the two up next to each other, 2006 is the one that does the hillbilly brutality better. Maybe I, and I and I'm I'm adjusting the, the 77 movie. one for the for the decade there too. Like, just putting those two in a vacuum next to each other, and and adjusting for the fact that one has 30 years of effects and all that on the other, and a little bit better budget. I would still say that the script for 2006 includes more than the script for 77 from a exploitation perspective. It I'm might just be that. my like history with the movie that i saw this when i was a kid like i think i saw this when i was 10 years old for the first time but this one just it feel like i watched the 2006 one and it it's like a video game it's like call of duty you get shot and you turns red for a little bit and then everything's fine it just feels like nothing's it's just happening on the screen whereas this one i feel the shit that's going on i think part of it is the foley art in this one is awesome the sounds like when he throws a rock at mars's head it's like everything just feels so We are getting into an interesting discussion, and I remember just, like, the group chat we keep, we all were watching the movie for the week, and and Mark had made a comment about how this movie might have the worst sound quality or something about bad sound quality, right? And I also, in my notes, made a note of this. I said, worse sound design than Bermuda Triangle? Question mark. It's close. It's close to that. The sound, Jack, you were saying something about the sounds. I thought the sound design in this movie was fucking atrocious. Okay. So, defend yourself. Two different things. Yes. There's execution versus what they were trying to do. Mm. I think, like, the actual Foley art itself is fucking incredible. The, the, like, rocks hitting people and the sounds it makes when you get stabbed and when. Uh, okay. Whatever. His I understand Pluto the distinction you're making. Ankle now, ripped yeah. out by the dog. It just sure. doesn't. It's not good. It doesn't sound good. But it's still like if you just remove the poor quality of the sound overall, this stuff's awesome. If you remove everything bad, then all you're left with is good. Is what Jack's analysis <laughs> is there? No, 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 no. But I, I think like clearly they didn't have the sound equipment or know how to like make it overall sound good. But I think the the art that went into designing the sound was very good okay and i would like to clarify what my comment was uh because this kind of gets into a larger a larger conversation about the the avenues with which we watch horror movies i rented this on amazon um because frankly amazon's much easier for me to do than shutter um Buddy, you can also watch stuff on Amazon through Shutter. But... I am aware of that now, as a result <laughs> of our conversation. But good the the Amazon version that I rented had it was it was not the right audio. Like they, I don't know what their technical team was doing, but it didn't upload correctly. So 
basically, if it's a stereo track, one of the two speakers was like maybe a half second behind the other speaker. So it was an insane echo. That did not happen on the version I watched. Yeah, so I got about five minutes into the movie and turned it off and pulled it. I got my laptop out, wired it into my TV, which was, that's a lot more painful than you realize, and pulled it up on Shudder and watched the rest of the thing on Shudder. And it seemed fine. But that's what my comment was, was there was this ridiculous amount of echo and like the people weren't, you couldn't even understand the speech that was happening. Which, actually, to get back to an earlier conversation, may have been why I wasn't super enthralled by the gas station scene. Because <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> tell what the fuck was going on. <laughs> well, I, okay, so where my comment comes from is this is one of those movies where when people are talking, like, the fact that they went back and had to... Overdubbed re- it. They, yeah, I mean, that's a pretty common thing, but the problem is it just sounds like someone is speaking into a microphone like I am right now, regardless of where they are on screen, which is a big issue. And I get it. This is a low budget movie, but it doesn't mean it sounds good. And I'm not going to give it props because it's like, Oh, this is like a low budget exploitation flick. It should sound like that. Well, maybe it should, but I'm not going to give it high like regard. Right. But that's not why I'm giving it the credit. I'm giving like it again, design versus execution Mm -hmm. for me. I would love to, have an expert on the podcast to talk about the history of sound recording on set. Because mm-hmm. I would love to have someone on the podcast who knows anything about any kind of sound. Because have you heard this thing? That's true. We need we need some professional advice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, because there's there's a definitive like shift in movie recording that I would say happened. I don't even know because I feel like Scream was also weirdly dubbed too. So I was gonna well, say that's like also in the West late Craven 70s, film. but well, okay, yeah, I, that's, I a, that's a good point. There might be it a could be a West Craven here. thing, yeah. But right. yeah, I mean, I, maybe it's just the evolution of the boom mic or something like that. But uh, yeah, these older movies are really tough, man. They're hard to listen to. It doesn't affect me the way it does you. I I like hear it. I'm sensitive to sounds. Yeah. And the way that they hit my um, ears. Alright. That's probably enough about the sounds. You guys want to talk about what kills stood out to you? I mean... Sure. Or anything else? Fuck, no. I don't know. No. <laughs> Just life. <laughs> Reviewed. <laughs> Why would I want to talk about that? I, what I do want to talk about, and this is somewhat chronological to how we, you know, have been going here. Good work. Graceful. Chronological to how we've yeah. been going here. Do you mean we're moving forward through time? Because yes, that is <laughs> time, time marches inexorably Jack, forward. We've already it's established a classic reverse Benjamin Button situation yeah. we've got going on. Exactly. Here. We've we've <laughs> already <laughs> established the fact that I speak in tautologies. So there you go. There's this episode's getting back to but still moving forward. Everyone sucking and how much I hate all of them. This family sucks. Right? So the dad is a retired <laughs> racist dickhead cop. Yes. And the mom, who is like sort of sweet, is still like they still build in scenes where everyone is kind of like, Ugh, I don't know, because they've got fucking beauty and beast. Right. And they're like joking around <laughs> the picnic table about that time. It like eviscerated and ripped a poodle to shreds and killed it. Beauty yeah. and Beast are and the names not, of the two. And they're like loving it. They're bigger assholes than that. Record. His name isn't just Beast. They call him The Beast. The Beast. Well, that's just 
Dude, that's just an homage to uh, the Sandlot. You'll find. <laughs> uh, it's an homage to Beauty and the Beast. No, it's an homage to that the Sandlot. That doesn't sound right. It's yeah. probably the Sandlot. Okay, oh, yeah, damn. fair enough. His name was Hercules in that though, so I don't know if that's right. No, the Beast. Hercules. Forever, Mark. Hercules. Anyways, yeah. We don't so, move off dogs soon. I'm so gonna start talking they, about Wishbone. When they crash. <laughs> When they crash, the dad fucking blames the mom for reading the map wrong or something. For harping in his ear, yeah. He's, about, driving, he's driving a thousand miles an hour. Yeah, yeah. Down he's like driving like 70 road. on a dirt road around a bend. <laughs> and it's yeah, because and of how she just... read the map wrong. And, well, I do, no. I do want to get to the bottom of this situation. Yeah, okay. The bottom of the situation is this guy is too much of a fucking idiot to not just hit the rabbit. Just hit the rabbit, okay? It's a rabbit. Yeah, hit it. Oh my god. The rabbits in this movie have no fear. It is a... <laughs> <laughs> the rabbit is the they're, issue. They're in on it, man. I'm telling you. They're, the scene later when the beast mauls Pluto, and the rabbit's just like hanging out in the bush that whole fucking time? Mm-hmm. These are some brave rabbits. They've had to learn how to live uh, amongst the fucking psychopaths up in the hills, man. Yeah, I assume They've the psychopaths, some shit. psychopaths just rabbit. eat rabbit. Because that's not what they've thirst for. <laughs> I mean, they do so thirst for wh- rabbit, though. Why are they going here? They they own this mine. This used to be a family mine. The silver for their rings came from this mine. I don't understand. Why are they going to this mine? Yeah, see, Jack, this is why the silver mine thing doesn't fucking matter because it's not goddamn connected to the narrative. They they, it they throw in so like much. three lines of like something something silver mine something something. Yeah, exactly. Well, then he says we probably like he's just trying to keep us out of there so he can because he mined all the silver out of it. Are they going up there to mine silver? I got the sense that it was one of two situations. <laughs> either either he had somehow just through a convoluted legal scheme inherited said silver mine or he managed the silver mine he was like a blind silent partner or whatever and he needed to do a spot check on their quality no it had to do with their anniversary it was a ro- it was that's why they were going to the mine it was a romantic present to her uh-huh yeah, yeah. To and, silver and, and for our anniversary i'm gonna take i'm gonna take leslie to the diamond mines of the congo Ooh, that we should like review congo <laughs> we should, <laughs> we review, should congo. review congo that's a great movie that's a much better yeah. movie than this. What you'll find, yeah. though, I think that, honestly, the answer is one of two things. It was never written in, and it had no chance of making sense, and is evidence of this not being a well-written movie. Yep. Or, ah! or, and perhaps more likely, it was writ- there was some sort of explanation written in, and in the process of cutting it down from an, like, NCX-17 blah rating to that was R. the official rating ncx That's 17 a, blah yep. is Nailed also it. included all yeah. of that is the rating uh to an r they had to cut the scenes that did tie the thread in um whichever of those it was the final product was severely lacking in that regard but i was able to move past it jack which apparently it's, you were not it's definitely I, not the latter of those because in that situation what? 
Jake, what scene? So okay, let's just let's just let's just well, make this scene in our heads. Let's just make this scene in our heads. There wasn't Jack, a scene that had gore so brutal they had to cut it out, and also had that exposition. Yeah, Jake's exactly. Just saying as part of the cutting down. So so he's tacked to the cactus in the crucifixion scene, and he's like, "Oh, why am I visiting this silver mine that I kind of partially own that I got my wife's wedding ring from?" Ah, that's how exactly. the scene you think of Deborah Logan worked. Yeah. That's how the taking of and Deborah you Logan like that worked. movie, you son of a bitch. That you're just you're just making shit up now. I did like the taking no, of Deborah I mean, Logan. That's they not how that scene worked. Tacked to a cactus, but she was like being killed and like, oh, here's all the things about why I'm doing this project and I'm here. Let's talk about We Are Still Here, because that movie was terrible. <laughs> you're a fucking <laughs> idiot. That movie is good. Um, but yeah, so they're all terrible. Everyone in this family, except for Frank. Paul, there. Okay, there's uh, no evidence. There's Bud, <laughs> Jim, Mustache McGillicuddy, Jerry, is... Backflip Johnny. <laughs> there's no evidence of anyone in the family actually being like a terrible human being, aside from the parents, really. Yeah. And I hold Lynn accountable for some atrocities just because she wouldn't shut the fuck up. Oh, is Lynn, my is God. Lynn the younger daughter or the the older daughter? Lynn who is has D. Wallace. Lynn is D. Wallace who was raped. Okay, and then yeah, she's the one the who survives the, the end. She just screamed at everything, and she wouldn't shut up, and I hated it. Yeah, well, yeah. Apparently, Lauren Ashley Carter goes to the D. Wallace School of Acting. Boom! Dropping fire. Mark Hot take. <laughs> I fucking hate you. <laughs> you really dislike her. My God. That, that okay? The D. Wallace Lynn Wood in this movie is just like. That and Lauren Ashley Carter's role in Pod are the same role. Just scream at the top of your lungs until you, until you, well, okay. I guess D. Wallace o- doesn't die. Okay. But. In fairness, this is something, this is a, a role, that type of role has existed throughout the history of horror. So it's not like they corner the market on screaming useless chicks. Yeah, but I, I feel like, mm, I feel like as an actress, you don't take that role. It in the mind's eye, Laura Dude. Ashley Carter was drugged out and sleepy throughout the most of the movie. I also feel like I also feel like you don't Mark, like there's a way to play that you where you're not just an obnoxious, right useless person. Are you fucking kidding me right now? No, dude. D. Wallace. What is D. Wallace? What is D. Wallace? Scream queen. She's, She's a scream queen. queen. What did she do in Mark this movie? Mark is taking issue with the existence of the scream queen. Joke. That's that is idiotic. I, I mean, don't... in his defense, it is a sexist thing that developed in a way that it probably shouldn't have. Well, but I've, never, I've cool never interpreted. Society, but... I've never interpreted "scream queen" meaning that she screams the entire fucking time. Why I've do you always... think that term developed in the fashion it did? I've always. Well, I guess that's fairly true. But I always, I always read that statement as like the queen of the movie you go to where you scream. Like it's a horror queen, but it doesn't sound as good. Because Scream Queen has... Yeah, I think that's you the... putting your stuff onto that term. I think that term developed because she screamed a lot. I mean, I have a history of doing that, ascribing my own definitions to things and assuming that everyone else is on my same wavelength. That has not yes. boded well for me in the past. <laughs> I think uh... I think from, from if you take a step back, like, this was pretty much her first involvement in horror, if I'm not mistaken. And it definitely helped her, regardless of the annoyance of the role that she played. And then she she went on to play, you know, more roles, bigger and better things. So from a career standpoint, I don't think it hurt her. If we're just getting into a discussion of, like, what this means from a societal standpoint, 
Yeah, not well, we the can't. best. But it, I don't want to fucking is do what that. It is. Yeah. yeah, I don't want to. Yeah. do Yeah, and I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna blame D. Wallace for something that happened 40 years ago. I'm just saying that in a modern context, you can take that role. She knows what she did. Yes. <laughs> You can take that role and play it differently than just a a hysterical, screaming woman for 90 minutes. I don't know. Wes Craven seems like a little (laughs) bit of a psychopath. He probably didn't let her do anything else. Wes Craven. (laughs) We're just getting stored in a dome room out here. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so they're all terrible. Oh, Um, yeah. Except for Frank. Way to put a button on it. Will. Jim. What's his name? Bud. Holy shit, it's Doug. What's his name? <laughs> Jordy? Doug, thank you. Are you talking about Jordy? I'm shocked at the amount of difficulty you're having with this. <laughs> it's a hard movie. Are you? Because this it's happens a hard every movie week. To review. It is a hard movie to review. I want to talk about the crucifixion scene. Can we just get to that? Talk about it. Just talk okay. about it. I we think should get somewhere. This is, this is the one scene that I think still works incredibly well. Where, where the hillbillies are inside the the mobile home uh assaulting i don't remember her name the other one the other girl that isn't the grandma and the grandma they eat they they use they use the bird as a juice box uh and then and then as the kid as the like normal kids are coming in they walkie talkie to the other person to trigger the explosion and they kill the dad by burning him Mm -hmm. on a cactus that he has been crucified to yes yep that scene is still really, really, really good. I think you just get crucified. Okay, now we're just splitting hairs. We're getting into the weeds. We've never done that show? before. That's kind of I what do we do. Like weeds. That's our whole bit. <laughs> but anyways, that's this. This scene makes the entire movie for me. If you cut that scene out, this movie gets like a two, honestly. <laughs> but this scene is wow. so effective that that it pulls everything else up. This was the elevator pitch scene. That you told the producer about that got this movie made. Sure. Yeah, it was great. There's a lot going on, for one. There, yeah, there is. That's very true. <laughs> what, what did you guys think of the... Because the, the one thing I was a little disappointed by was the makeup on um, the dad. Jupiter? No, 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 no. The makeup on the dad after he gets pulled oh, off oh, of the I cactus see. or whatever, where he's burnt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's still alive, okay. but then they're just like, oh, he's dead. There's, like, smoke yeah, coming out of his mouth. Out of his mouth, yeah. yeah. That's clearly where they had the money to do effects. All they could do is, like, make smoke come out of his mouth. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't... That didn't bother me too much. And they don't I, linger on it. And then the I thing. did I think they know it looks bad. Sure. And then I did... It was good that it was dark. Let's just say that, right? And then I did yeah. think that it was good. It was good, like, once they showed his, like, dead body. Like, that was pretty effective. Obviously, it was no longer him. It was a dummy they had made. But it that looked good. Yeah. Absolutely. So... I don't know a lot about this is effective for me like it's just i think all the walkie-talkie well, scenes okay. work pretty well for me okay i was gonna say there all the walkie-talkie scenes you did yeah every scene where the hillbillies are on the walkie-talkies fucking with them walkie-talkie yeah I, th- I thought all those work because the villain like all the hillbillies have character right they're not just some nameless thing they they're like you get into their character a little bit sure and they're smart, and that makes it scarier. Uh, sure. I'll buy it. They aren't the stupidest <laughs> things. No. They are pretty Effective. dumb, though. Yeah. Pluto's, Pluto's not hillbillies. a genius, I'll say that much. <laughs> well, Pluto's like the black sheep, man. Pluto's great, man. Michael Berryman. He is terrifying. Well, you can't just, now you can't you're, just now you're make making an argument by stating the actor's name. 
that's, that's I mean, good. In this case, you can because he just does look terrifying. Well, that honestly, like I hate to get into this sort of thing, but that's why he was cast and he has made fame based on. I, and good for him, man. Like I'm, yeah, very happy it's he was shame. able to create a career. Yeah, based on the yeah. fact that he has whatever that disease that he has is that condition. Yeah. So uh, yeah, apparently he can't sweat. Correct. He's, he has no sweat he was glands, born which is not conducive glands? to filming in the desert. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Jesus. Wow. Yeah. Bold Fucking trooper, move. man. I hope he made more than anyone else on this film. Yeah, the, like, it's, it's like a hazard pay for sweat glands or something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that still happens now, right? The guy who played the uh, in the Conjuring Two, the the lanky monster. The, the the crooked man spinny yeah the crooked man thank you i was trying to say the slender man and that simply wasn't right that's that was not cg that was an actor what in so many that was an actual actor no it wasn't it really really was fuck off jack dude it seriously was and he's in a shitload of horror movies because of how he's built jack so he okay so hold on jack? there was an actor playing him and then they heavily heavily edited him to make his legs like two inches wide I don't know the full extent of the editing <laughs> okay. they did to him, but it's a lot less than you think. There's a non-zero amount of CG in that scene. In the, the face isn't a real face. That's not a human face. Right, right, right. But the thing is, he's a guy. Jack You're basically Skellington's talking about how they too. created Smeagol in, in fucking like, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> that's actually a really probably a good comparison. Take fucking Andy Circus and just have him do some shit and then throw CG over the top and boom. Yeah, but it's are like sure that the exact Circus. opposite. Are you of Andy sure the skinny man wasn't like played by Andy Circus? Pretty sure. Okay. Great. Because it was played by a guy who's shaped like that. No, it wasn't, okay. dude. It really was. Listener, you'll have to weigh in on the subject. We're moving on. Okay. <laughs> um, the rape scene was brutal. <laughs> yes. Yeah, let's just uh, do the bullet points. Hit us. Th- hit it. Hit the bullet points, Jack. Pluto's ankle when it gets eviscerated by the beast, is, and he's and he's playing ugh. with his Achilles tendon, ugh. and he's like, I "Oh hate no, that made me squirm." That, that was the most effective scene in the movie for me because I hate Achilles tendon things. Me too. Hate. That made me fucking squirm. Yeah. yeah, no, I agree with that. It was actually surprisingly effective. Yeah, yeah. The beast is MVP of this movie, dude. Pretty good dog actor. At first, I was like, "These dogs are just being dogs," and then pretty good dog actor out of the beast. Yeah, beauty. Fuck. Beauty's well, that's why they dog. killed her off, and apparently used a real dog corpse. Yeah, that they bought from the sheriff. It's fucked up, man. <laughs> yeah. How do you guys feel about that? I don't. Not I, good. Yeah, I don't feel good about it either. But I also. Oh, I have literally no problem with them purchasing a dog corpse. Okay. I don't feel good about. I don't. Okay, I'm not. To, I. I personally, it does not make me feel good. Like, I would prefer to not actually see a dead dog, but I don't have a problem with them doing it. I mean, hey, the dog got more use than it otherwise would have had it been just cremated or thrown on the ground, so it lives on. Yeah. But but also, fuck Johnny Backflip, because, <laughs> like, Johnny. stuff's happening, and you're going to wait hours and hours and hours to tell your family that, oh, yeah, by the way, our dog was, like, skinned and eviscerated. Yeah, it seems weird. It seems weird that that would happen. He waits... So he waits until he walks in on his sister fucking Mustache McGillicuddy in the back of their car before he tells anyone that the dog got eviscerated. Also, 
Question, where did Mustache McGillicuddy go for the first half of this movie? He's gone for so he long. He went the other direction. He and the dad were like, we're both going to walk until we find something. And the dad went the direction of the gas station. And he went to God knows. He went to the dump. He went to the dump. You can find a lot of good shit at the dump. <laughs> <laughs> the sweet, sweet trash. That's where he went, man. Yeah. So he just does, like, they couldn't figure out what to do with him. So he just disappears for... 20 minutes that makes sense that makes sense no sure they couldn't pay yeah for the budget of this film they probably couldn't pay that many people for that many days so they just <laughs> wrote it in <laughs> okay but then he comes back riding a white horse and s- saving the day kind of dude he, he finds came, he came back with cable wire and that was it yeah okay saving the day you're right yeah good for him he came <laughs> back with cable wire and then fucked his wife yes uh, got yeah. interrupted by yeah i'm not Johnny sure if he Backflip. actually executed that maneuver he he attempted that maneuver they were mid-coitus you're right it was interrupted <laughs> yeah <laughs> he is the hero of this film because the, for the rest of the film he was operating in an extremely blue balls type scenario so good for him <laughs> yeah what'd you think of the rattlesnakes <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah what'd you think of the rattlesnakes I'm good at transitions, Mark. <laughs> yeah, how about the very, very, very end of the movie? Um, well, all this happens in a pretty, like, compressed time. No, it doesn't. Well, and, and that, that kind of gets to a point that I'm probably going to bring up later during my ratings, is there's not a whole lot that happens in this movie. No, no, there's not. There but, doesn't need to be. But before, but before we get to the rattlesnakes, let's talk about uh, the booby traps. We already, sure. we already, we already touched on, we already touched on Pluto getting attacked by the dog, getting his Achilles tendon just torn straight apart, and then trying to hunt a bunny, and then uh, he got killed in a weird way. But well, he wasn't hunting the bunny; the bunny just popped out. No, he specifically opens up the the sagebrush to find the bunny so that he can kill the bunny, and then instead no. of a bunny, it's a goddamn wolf dog. No, that's not at all what happens, Mark. The dog attacks his Achilles tendon, then runs off. Yeah. Then he tries to crawl up to the bush to find the dog so he can stab it, and instead he finds a bunny and starts laughing. Oh. And then he drops his knife and rolls over onto his back and gets his throat ripped the fuck out. Yeah, did you even watch this movie, Jack? (laughs) Every goddamn week. He he didn't take a break from fighting this dog to the death to hunt a bunny. Well, the dog ran off, and then I thought he was just kind of writhing around on the ground because his Achilles tendon was torn out. That's as good a time as any to hunt bunnies. And then, yeah, he saw a rustling bush, and he was like, I'm going to pounce on this thing, and it was a bunny. No, he's... Yes. The dog's... He thought it was the dog. Did you watch this movie, Mark? Did you watch this movie, Jake? (laughs) Oh, God. Go. Get us to the back of the movie Mark only watched the 2006 version. Fucking disaster. I would rather only watch the 2006 version. (laughs) I'd rather you shut the fuck up. Tell me about the booby trap. So the booby trap is they they open a bunch of propane tanks... And put and well, there's that's the second booby trap. Oh, the first booby trap is is strapping their dead grandmother to a bunny snare, whatever mother man, a snare trap. It's just called a snare trap. A bunny snare. (laughs) Bunny snare. (laughs) Bunnies are really focused on the bunnies. (laughs) I like bunnies. They're fearless in this movie. They're the real (laughs) heroes here. (laughs) Um. That doesn't work. So they blow up their camper by strapping matches to a door and dumping in a bunch of propane. The first, the snare trap is awesome. 
Yeah, it is. Eh. I, it is awesome in concept, no, but that that is absolutely one of those things that would be like a great idea if you're an eight-year-old, but then you try and execute it and it just doesn't fucking work at all because that's not how things happen. Hmm. It looked... They actually dragged a human through the desert. Oh, for oh, sure. Oh, oh, yeah. That part looks Which good. is why it looked so fucking just, brutal. Just it was like, practically, <laughs> practically, that trap's gonna work 1% of the time. Tops. Well, it worked here. Sort of. Okay. Fair enough. Death by fiat. That doesn't bother me. Like, the viability why of the trap in real life. Why would you say fiat? Life. Why do you think this car was a fiat? No, 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 no. Not, no, he's not, using the term not the car fiat. Fiat. Fiat, he's using fiat the, the logical argument of something yeah. is true because I state that it is true. Homonyms. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Forgot not the car. I don't not care about, about the, the viability. Again, I don't care about the viability. As long as it could happen. That's like could. the Goonies is one of my favorite movies of all time, and you have to to appreciate that movie. You have to be uh, willing to abide by that logic. Yeah, Home Alone too. Oh, absolutely. And Home Alone number two too. Well, Home Alone two sucks. Home uh, Alone two, a dude gets his skin electrocuted off of his body, and then he's okay. Yeah, dude, I love it. In Home Alone two, Macaulay Culkin throws a brick at Joe Pesci from four stories up, and it hits him directly in the fucking head. Yeah, and dude. It makes in, Home in Home Alone one, 2. he drops an iron bar on both of them, and they're okay. It's attached to a rope. Home Alone two. Oh Macaulay yeah, Culkin is that a, makes it better. Is a murderous psychopath. In he Home is Alone a murderous 2. psychopath in both of them. No, in Home Alone 1, he's just trying to defend his home. In Home Alone 2, he lures these poor men to a torture dungeon. He, all, he, he doesn't need to do Dude, any of this. Should we he's review basically Home Alone the devil 2? in the white city at that point. Should we review Home Alone 2? <laughs> we probably should. Coming up next week on the A to Z Horrorcast, Congo and Home Alone 2, double feature. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, be so, right. I'd be so in on that double feature. We should do that I, someday don't have too much more to say about this movie clearly because i'm on home alone 2 now let's get to rattlesnakes rattlesnakes (laughs) Rattlesnakes. he goes where they breed rated let's talk about this (laughs) Uh, yeah let's let's actually go they did use actual rattlesnakes which is pretty interesting but i I don't really have a whole lot else to say about the movie except for the only other note that i have is uh whoa i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about <laughs> Go for it. I have That's a note. Evident. Wait, 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 Jake, wait, wait. Do we need to bring back the A to Z horror note of the week? Oh, oh yeah, Jack's illegible note of the week. Yeah, Dick. where did that go, Jack? Uh, I don't know. Maybe I don't drink enough when I'm watching these movies anymore. That's wow, true. That's a, that is absolutely true. You need to get back to that because I'm taking it over this week. Jake's illegible <laughs> note of the week. I have something that said, well, I have two straight notes, and they actually both are legible, but they don't make sense. I have a note that says, score fuckness, question mark, piano jank. (laughs) And then I have a note that says, is Doug independently Jewish stereotypes? Well, the first one I kind of get. The second one just seems a little racist. Me either, but I think the problem... No, I think the the problem was he was doing... There was a scene where he was absolutely doing, like, the kind of New York-accented, like, worry-about-everything Jewish stereotype. And I thought thought it was a little offensive, but that's kind of why the stereotype exists. Um, Yeah, those are both legible. I'm not as good at this as you, Jack. I, I had some good ones, man. 
And the first one is clearly you didn't really like the score. I dug the score. Uh, I had some piano jank. Yeah, it was awesome. I wish it had just played that every time Doug was on screen. <laughs> like, instead of the, like, drum beats he had to kind of do his heroic thing when he ran off to the hills, it was just, like, him waddling off into the hills. Okay, let's rate it. I don't give a fuck about anything else. Reviewed! Fade to red. We did a good job talking about the rattlesnakes. <laughs> We over at ADC Horror use a 1 through 10 rating system to rate the movies we watch. For one, think of how the God Warrior from Wife Swap would rate staying in her house if you're dark-sided. Don't stay in my house if you're dark-sided. And for 10, think of how William Shatner would rate how much he likes your story. I love your story. It's a beautiful story. Story is the first category in which we rate these movies. This was my movie. I guess I'm giving it a rating for story. That'd be correct, Jack. And um, I'm giving it a 5. Mm-hmm. I think Bold. it's a very simple story overall. Um, that really doesn't try to do too much. It's not getting a lot of points because I still don't understand why they're going to the silver mine. Um, that's a little out there. But apart from that, like they just here's the premise, go. You're not watching it for the story. You're watching it for the hillbilly murders. So <laughs> five for the exploitative. It serves its. Yeah, it serves its purpose. Jake, yeah. you go. I agree. You're not watching this for the story. Because of that, I gave it a three and a half. Wow. <laughs> not a good story. That's sufficient. They don't low. develop anything, and everyone, everything that they do develop is poor. I don't think you're giving enough credit for the character it builds for the hillbillies, because that's oh. unique and cool. Ah, uh, yeah. No. Actually, you'll find that I am. That's all of the three and a half points. <laughs> Um, I I agreed right. I agreed with Jack on this one. I gave it a five. Um, and I could see going lower. I'm I'm giving it points up contextually for kind of evoking the downwinders thing. Uh, I don't I don't know of any movie. I mean, murderous hillbillies had already existed. Deliverance came out in like '72 or something like that. So it's not like it's inventing the murderous hillbilly, but it does evoke the downwinders thing which i don't know of any other movie that actually did that um but you guys have already said this basically already this isn't a movie you're watching for the story it's kind of average yeah yeah all right world building and immersion is up next and i'm gonna give it a five for that as well um i think there's a lot of shit here that pulls me out uh backflip johnny being chief amongst it jack jack Um, it's johnny backflip well, Mark, you said both interchangeably throughout the whole goddamn episode. I did. So that's, that's my fault. It's officially Johnny Backflip. <laughs> I kind of like Backflip Johnny a little better. But... No. Um, anyway, it's it sucks me in more than it should for, like, how bad everything is. But I, I still get sucked into it. I still feel the terror. I still squirm at the... Yeah, so it gets a five. It's good. Okay. Jake? Uh, I gave it a four. Pretty much the same reasons as you, but I'm going to dock it the point just for the inclusion of those characters like you were saying primarily mustache mcgillicuddy while he's at his most pedophile i like that we have yeah. johnny backflip and mustache mcgillicuddy yeah well yes. this is like the third episode we've used mustache mcgillicuddy so <laughs> if you got a mustache you're probably gonna be called mustache mcgillicuddy that's a to z horror rule number 
Yeah, especially when I can't remember your name. And unless your name is Vilnavia, I can't. It's, it's Volnavia, but it's okay. It's Volnavia. <laughs> so you can't remember anyway. <laughs> so there's the moral oh. of the story right there. I gave this a three, and I think I'm being generous. Um, mm-hmm. The sound mixing in this is atrociously bad. <laughs> I I am I'm hitting it a little bit based off of just my own experience of watching the movie and having to switch to a different platform entirely. Um. Which isn't really the movie's fault, but it is something to note that, that will break your immersion if you try and watch it on what is probably one of the most common methods of watching this movie. I watched it on Amazon. I watched it on Shutter through Amazon, and it worked just fine. I know, but not that many people are in a shut. Just if you can do Shutter, just do Shutter. There's a fucked up thing with Amazon. Go. Yeah. Well, and I did. To in fairness, I did escalate it to their technical team, so hopefully they're looking at it. Did you? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I did. You're like an 80 year old man actually reporting things i just fucking give up immediately i wanted my goddamn money i'm still in a beef with dominoes about something that happened a year and a half ago (laughs) unbelievable and joanne's fabrics don't get jack started on joanne's fabrics dude you're you're opening a dangerous door here (laughs) yeah let's not go down that road. daniel sullivan nope (laughs) the other the other thing to talk about here uh aside from johnny backflip uh just i'm gonna pull a fucking back handspring for no goddamn reason is is D Wallace's character? I don't care if you're a screen queen, and this well, is she sort wasn't of exactly this. what you are supposed to do in this movie. She wasn't before that this. character takes you like. I don't want to watch this movie while you're just screaming hysterically. That's bad. Yeah, she's, that's, a, she's that's bad. In her defense, she is a teenage girl who was raped by a psychopathic inbred hillbilly. That's a good yep. defense. Does it not make for defense, good film. But I still don't want to listen to her. Sure. Jake said it, not me. <laughs> I feel for her, man. I just don't want to have to listen to her scream. In any case, this movie is not one that you're going to be riveted toward. Um, I went three. All right. Scare Factor is up next. I give it a seven for Scare Factor. This wow. one hits me. Okay. The... the the scenes where they're on the outskirts fucking with him hit me. The scene where he's like heavy breathing on the walkie-talkie gets me. The the fucking gore makes me squirm a little bit with the ankle and shit. This is just a scary situation. I don't think they are particularly smart protagonists, but I don't think they're particularly stupid either. So it does feel like kind of hopeless for them. And it really does... I do kind of feel like in their shoes I'd be fucked too. I mean, a little bit less fucked because I can shoot a gun better than them and not fall all the time. I can't not fall all the time. I, I, I actually feel like all three of us would be better climbing rocks than these kids are. Yeah. But either way, it still feels heavy enough and like it's like, I don't know, it just, just feels ugh, scary. Seven. Jake. I give it a five. Uh, I understand what you're saying about the the scariness of this movie comes from the situation they're in. I think they do an adequate job of painting a pretty hopeless situation like if you're in the middle of nowhere you're in the middle of nowhere and if you're outmatched you're outmatched and they they're both of those things in this scenario so i can understand that uh didn't do much on top of that so that's why i can't go above that middling score but yeah i mean it's not bad on that category sure mark and this is like i totally agree with jake in this if you're outmatched you're outmatched if you're in the middle of nowhere you're in the middle of nowhere but the problem with this movie is they're in the middle of the nowhere for they're in the middle of the nowhere for yes very poorly defined reasons and they're outmatched 
for very poorly well, defined reasons. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm actually gonna fight you on that. I you you're du- you're giving it a bit of the double jeopardy, which we don't want to do in our fucking perfect, objectively speaking, rating system. You dung- dinged it for story. I you already dinged it. it for these. I, you no, dung I it. Dung, <laughs> you dung it. Don't dunged it again, Mark. <laughs> ding, ding, dung, doodly. Dun dunged it. <laughs> are you saying a thing, anyway, Jake, or asshole. are you just leaving? I the... already did. I said don't dunk. double jeopardy it, you son of a he bitch. He made his point. You're an asshole. Yeah. We double jeopardy it all the fucking time. No. No. We don't, because we're good at this. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> You're right, we don't. <laughs> That was a good retort. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. Up. God, I got you guys pegged. You, Mark. I gave it a four. Um, not only do I feel like, look, if you, if you, okay, so Are if you, you still talk that you're in happening? this position, I still feel like you can pretty easily defend against these motherfuckers. Like they're not, they're not that intimidating. And you have a gun. Two guns. One of them. He calls a howitzer for some reason. Oh, well, it is shit. like a gigantic fucking magnum. We didn't talk about that at all. No, do you know what we forgot to talk about? Like the a, what? like many scenes, probably minutes of film time of just Papa running. Just a scene of like jog running. Of a fat, sweaty, middle-aged man trying you know his what? hardest to jog at a moderate Do you know what it pace? reminded me, honestly? Papa we got to get to it now because there's yeah. no other time. It reminds you of Leatherface running from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? No, it didn't. Do you know what it reminded me most of in film? What? The running style and the amount of time running. Running Man? Do you have a Do you have a guess? No. <laughs> I, I had a guess. You had a guess. You're both wrong. Uh, the correct answer would be the baseball theories and the Warriors. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. The way they're running. That is like deep pulls. <laughs> yeah. Mark, I like that we had the exact same reaction because that's the only correct reaction. <laughs> I the only reaction love that shit. movie. It's not is, horror. If it were horror, we would have view, reviewed it twice already. If it were yeah, horror, Mark, that would be one of my favorite horror movies of all time. I love that fucking our, movie. Our our reaction was a reference to a thing that only exists in like the comic book annotated special edition of the Warriors. <laughs> oh, no, I feel shit. like I feel like the movies the movie says, "Oh shit, the baseball furies." No, it's only in the comic book pop up panel. It's just in the pause. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How? It's just in that special edition. That was my that was my fantasy hockey name for a long fucking time was Oh shit the baseball furies. That's a really solid <laughs> I mean, we got to move on. We got to move on, but I had to get that point across. I gave this nice. a 4 for I know you did. I know. <laughs> I'm getting us back so on the listener. Let's talk about effects. Effects and judicious lack thereof is up next. Um and I'm giving it a 6 for this. I think it's solid, especially given the budget they had. I think the the fucking creepy hillbillies look creepy. Um, now, some of that isn't effects. Some of that is just exploiting people who have unfortunate diseases. But, I mean, they did it, and it worked. Right. So, But I think the ankle scene in particular is incredible. Um, Interestingly, think, the effects there aren't great. I, I get what they're going for. I really for. do. I think they're good. I don't think that's what that would look like even remotely a little bit. If your Achilles tendon were torn out by a dog, you wouldn't just, like, flick it with your hand, and it would look like a rubber band. Well, if you were a murderous hillbilly, you might. Yeah, your anatomy would be different. Actually, when your Achilles tendon gets severed, it does, like, it's a tension thing, so it rolls up. Yeah, it rolls up like a fucking, like a a window shade thing when you pull it. Like a I hate it. We gotta stop talking about it. 
Yeah. All right. Uh, I gave it a six. I think they're good. They're not stellar, but they're good. Yeah. Jake? I gave it a five. Um, I do think that we've said this many times before. Uh, there is a budget for every movie, and for this particular movie and what they were trying to accomplish with it, the budget was a correct one. I think the, the extent that they went to with the effects was both correct and pretty well handled for the most part. The distinction is going to be made between, at least in my opinion, what they did from a visual effects standpoint and then on the sound side. Like, I I didn't like the score, Jack. I know you said you did. I did not. Uh, And Mark already mentioned it earlier. I'll pot it here. The sound mixing was fucking horrible. Uh, So I can't go higher than middling. Good on the visual side. Bad on the other side. And that's within the context of it being a low-budget movie to begin with. All right. Mark. I agree with you guys for the most part. I gave this, I guess I gave this the best score of all three of us. I gave it a six and a half. Uh, makeup wise, good. The thing that we haven't really talked about is the set design. I feel like the set design is very good. They use the, they use sure. the natural setting really well for a lot of the scenes as well. But like even just the scenes in the gas station and at the homestead, whatever you want to call it with the, where there's the mobile home and actually like the, the cave where the hillbillies live. Uh, the, the set design's pretty well, pretty pretty good, pretty well defined. So wow, I bumped it up a half point. Uh, but you guys have oh, already talked a good about talker. I good talk, and I gave six half. Mark, if you want, you and Jake, if you guys want to go to a twenty point scale, we can have that fucking discussion. Nope, half points. <laughs> Fuck. All right. Um, overall, right? That would be the next category, Jack. I was just making sure. Okay. Are we sure, Are we sure about this? Um, overall, I give this a 7. And that is a big tilt-up. Um, that is a big tilt-up. I mean, not not huge for my scores. but What I, would you I, give, I give it, it without the tilt? I, uh, I think I'd give it a 6 without the tilt. Good. If this, movie, if this movie came out today, you would give it a 6. I think it's effective, man. I think it really works. Okay. Bold. I... I, I really enjoy watching this movie i think the brutal scenes are fucking brutal the like injury scenes feel heavy there's character development on both the psychopath end and the psychopath family end and i appreciate that i i just think this movie works it's a simple enough plot that all you have to do is just sit back and watch this unfold i, I like that this movie works for me i give it a six nope seven jake <laughs> he's so confident that he doesn't know what he gave it uh the <laughs> The best thing about this movie, to me, is the name. It's a really good name. The the name is great. Uh, Judging strictly by my numbers, I guess I am tilting it up. I'm actually a little surprised by the score I'm giving it after I kind of shat on it in the early, like, spoiler alert, like, I'm going to give this a low score type conversation we had. Um, I ended up giving this a five. I think that it's a pretty middle-of-the-road horror movie in terms of my overall enjoyment from a personal standpoint. And frankly, I just was not willing to give it any lower because of some of the other scores I've given on our objectively perfect rating system. And I wasn't willing to give it any higher because some of the scores I've given. So it (laughs) seems to fit with some of the other fives I have uh, allotted to these movies, and I'm going to stick with it. Fair enough. I do just want to comment a little bit. The original title of this movie was not The Hills Have Eyes. Uh, Craven wanted to call it Blood Relations. Fuck that. Fucking Um, Craven. it It was like the main producer who was like, no. That's a stupid name. Yeah, way come up with a different way one. better name. Yeah, Mark, how about you overall? Uh, I 
I mostly agree with Jack. I'm sorry. I mostly agree with Jake. We all have the same he goddamn name. It's confusing and it's hard to talk about. I gave it a five and a half. Um, I don't, I don't have much else to say here, aside from the fact that I gave Fibes, I gave the Abominable Doctor Fibes a f- uh, five and a half, and that's roughly about the same. I feel like I'd watch each of those movies equivalently. I don't know if I want to go any lower. I'm adjusting this upward for historical perspective. This is a this is a classic. I think if I were to rate the 2006 version, I would go with like a six, which I feel is just about right. It's a half point better. So, yeah. It isn't better. It is, though. If you were the to watch it again. The 2006 version gets like a fucking three and a half. Okay. Yeah, I'm with Jake on that, except for a three, because okay. we have a ten point scale. Okay. You're an idiot. You can go. Might, it's it a ten point scale, point. but it's continuous. It's not fucking attribute data, Jack. Mark, God, if you wanted a twenty-point scale, we could have a twenty-point scale. I want an infinite. I want stupid. an infinite point scale. That's the whole point. Why don't, why don't we have a three-point scale and you can give it a one point six four three or whatever? I, I recommended that a long time ago, and you <laughs> shot it down. Well, I, you recommended a one-point scale where you could only give it a one, a two, or a three. Yeah, I didn't know you'd be breaking the rules and. It's it either a not a recommend, a medium recommend, or I recommend this. That's. I feel like that's a good way to rate to rate a movie. No, it's perfect. We've established it. Yes. Yeah, we did come to the perfect one. God damn it. Okay, so I guess I'm the asshole who has to talk about why you would not recommend this to your buddies in terms of getting together and having beers and watching a movie. And I think the stance you would have to take on this one in particular is just that in terms of movies that you have available to you to get together and have some beers and have some laughs and like watch a movie or have some scares, fuck. Have a few beers, Uh, have some laughs. Exactly. That wasn't the line from Die Hard, but it was close. I tried. I mean, <laughs> you got to jam it in there, Jack. Uh, yeah. This just doesn't quite scratch the itch that I think you have available to you from a lot of other movies. Um, it's not to say that I, I don't think this would be better if you were to get together with friends and watch, because I do think that would be the case. But I just don't think that it's the best use of your time, I guess. Uh, unless you haven't seen it, because it is a classic, and I think it's probably considered to be required reading uh for a horror fan i still think you have better options available that's kind of what i'm sticking to to piggyback on jake we always we always focus on like watching this with your bros and the environment that this will happen in if you do that and i just feel like this one disappears into the background if you do it it doesn't it doesn't really the immersion score for all of us is pretty low so in that case this just sort of disappears into the background well i think that's better for it I think it's better to not like really focus on this one. I think that's more of an argument for Jack's side than mine. And and well, no, it's not because what you're saying oh. is if you pay attention to it, you won't like it. <laughs> this if you're if you're arguing that this movie disappears into the background and that's a good thing, then you're probably not speaking highly of the movie. But that's not the game. It's the game. I, I'm making this the game. Oh Jack. God. <laughs> Jack, why Good. should you watch this with your buddies and have some beers? Because you're going to have a ton of fucking fun, right? The first time Backflip Johnny backflips and Johnny's his way around the screen, you're going to be giving that ch- kid so much fucking shit. You got Mustache McGillicuddy <laughs> pedophiling it up all around screen. Pedophiling. Then the brutal, brutal scenes are going to be brutal. You're going to yeah. collectively squirm at that. It's going to be a good time. Okay. Yeah. 
I don't think we've ever gotten away from the person who's telling you why you should watch this movie with the with that person opening with because it's going to be a ton of fun. Well, yeah, that's we, kind of we should. like horror movies and beer. <laughs> it's it's fair. an easier that's, position that's to point. defend. It's a good point. Yes, that's fair. <laughs> that's our platform. Uh, should we get the fuck out of here? Because nobody's saying anything. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was waiting for you guys to continue with your bullshit. I think we probably should. That must be our cue to leave. And with that, so. this has been episode 29 now of the AZ Horrorcast, and that means that by now you guys know the drill. Uh, give us a subscribe and a review if you do like the podcast, and keep up with everything that we have going on over at A to Z Horror.com, or come hang out with us on Twitter or in the, uh, the Horror Amino community. All the music that you've been hearing today, that's been coming at you from space. That's space without the A. And every single one of those links, you're going to find those right down below in the description. Next week on the A to Z Horrorcast, we have a new release, which is pretty rare for us. This is a Mark pick, and we're going to be Woo! taking a look at a movie that not many of us know anything about. That's Capture Kill Release. So it's to like find Prom Night for Murder. Prom Night for Murder. That's all we know. So, if you're interested in that, hang out with us next week. And until then, get your buddies, grab some beers, and go watch some horror movies. Have a great week, everybody. Yeah, this is more like troglodyte-fi. <laughs>